0: Hello and welcome to the Big Football Debates episode eight and of course we're as always we are on Caspod Anchor and Spotify. So today, obviously I'm Kurt. We also have Luke. Kieran. Joel. And our special guest.
1: Also Luke.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, Luke Frower. Our special guest today, not to be confused, with Luke Davis, of course. Um, so, today we will start with the Premier League. We'll get to your team, Luke, in a bit. Obviously, Derby County, uh, there's been a lot about them and the Championship over the past week. But we'll start with the Premier League as there's been a bit there. Obviously, it's been a big week all around uh, You know, the UK and the world. Pubs and uh, hairdressers back open. The F1 race on Sunday, where only 11 drivers finished. UFC fight Island this weekend, where they've literally bought an island to have a show on. And, of course, cricket is back on Wednesday, with England taking on the West Indies. But this isn't the sports show, this is the football debate. So, we'll start with, well, where's the best place to start in the Premier League? You know what, Luke? You've battered Arsenal's defence so much. We'll start with Arsenal. As obviously, at the weekend, they took on Wolves, a formidable opponent, Adama Traore, Raul Jimenez being the key parts to their success. And Arsenal managed to, well, be resilient, something that we haven't seen too many times this season. Uh, What were your thoughts on the performance?
2: Um... It was, it was a lot better from what we've seen previously. Um, you know, To keep a clean sheet against an attack that Wolves have got that have proved this season they've been up there with the best. Uh, it's, it's a brilliant achievement. I do still stand by my comments that uh, they do need to overhaul their defence in, in the next transfer window. But uh, fair play to them for uh, putting off a strong performance.
0: Obviously, yeah. I think most people will agree with you that Arsenal's defence is still weaker than a lot of uh, teams in the Premier League. But you've got that sort of performance which shows how well Arsenal can do. And you look at the fact that Manchester City have now lost more games than the Gunners this season. Surely it's only a couple more signings and you've got a pretty decent Arsenal side there to maybe compete back towards the top of the league.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think full-backs, they're pretty good with... Bellerin and Tierney are both quality fullbacks. It's just, just centre backs, really, and potentially a, a better backup goalkeeper that they need to improve on. I,
0: I mean, mm. Leno's obviously been pretty decent this season, yeah. and since Martinez has come in, he's looked very competent and not produced really that many mistakes, if any. So, I, I mean, they could do a backup goalkeeper just in case, but. I think at the moment they've probably got what they, you know, they've probably got the right formula there. Um for that, I mean, it it was a disappointing point performance from all to, you know, hold themselves to higher performances this season, especially against the top of the table teams. I mean, against Liverpool at Anfield, against Man City at uh, both at the Etihad and Monu. Um, so that could really hurt their European ambitions, and especially Champions League, in the month that we find out whether Manchester City are still banned from Europe or not. So um, obviously a big uh, result there. Karen will go to you next because um, something happened at the Leicester game that kind of ruined our podcast from last week. Because I decided we'll go with the uh, pot, the quiz. About the players that have reached one hundred goals in the Premier League, oh, wow. and then Jamie Vardy went and got his one hundredth goal as Leicester ran to their first win in quite a while. Obviously, uh, your your thoughts on that? Um, first of all, I thought
3: I thought after the defeat against Everton on Wednesday, I think Leicester needed the performance and needed a result. More importantly, against the Palace side who have been decent on the road, um, and I think Vardy needed a goal. He hasn't scored since the restart before Saturday. Um, and I think it only came from a mistake, really, in the Palace back line. Obviously, Mamadou Sato has probably made a, a name for himself for some of the mistakes he's made over the years. And obviously, Barnes nipped in and slipped Vardy to score. So, I think it was a comfortable win for Leicester in the end. Palace didn't really offer too much going forward. Uh, we're probably their Strongest 11, I'd i have fought with Benteke, Zaha, Ayew. Plenty of potential. But Vardy... 101 goals now. Obviously, two at the weekend. So I think that's a formidable achievement. Is it 29 now? It's got the uh, 100 goals. Um, Again, put it to 29, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's an elite group, isn't it? Really. Um, so I think that's that's a credit to him. And I'd say um, he's got to be up there with I say having made his debut at 27. I think he's the second oldest player to have made his debut and still reached 100 goals. It's only potentially Ian Wright that's that's got that made his debut in the Premier League anyway, so that's that's some record.
0: Obviously, Yep, and I think he's now only a couple of goals behind Didier Drogba, who some would say is one of the best strikers in the Premier League era. And so, definitely a brilliant achievement. Luke, not exactly agreeing with, got got some opinions with you when it comes to London clubs, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to say going to the midweek games um, you'll laugh at me when I say something about West Ham and yet their West Ham were winning 3-2 against Chelsea uh, deservedly so I think after the goal that they had disallowed I, I believe that was really harsh on them um, considering there's nothing Antonio can do and the part the body that was offside It's not the part of the body you're scoring with.
1: It's just so stupid. I hate it with passion. Just the (laughs) whole VAR. I've gone on about it before, and I'll probably do it again until some serious changes are made. Because it's just an absolute farce.
0: Well, talking about VAR, um, something that actually helped Sheffield United for once against Tottenham Hotspur, the goal, was it from Harry Kane? it uh, yeah. coming off of Lucas Moura's arm when Lucas was on the floor after being fouled <laughs> after being fouled and the defender booted it into his arm that just somehow ricocheted into the path of Harry Kane your thoughts on that goal Joel, obviously it helped Sheffield mm-hmm. United so they went on to win by three goals to one but you're not exactly the biggest fan of that decision
1: it's just an embarrassment to the league it's just a shambles because how how can you justify that for handball unless it unless John Egan knows the rules of the game off by heart? They he should go kind of boot the ball at every player's hand and hope for the best. But I was more concerned that Dean Henderson should have saved the shot anyway. Yeah, um it's just an absolute joke that rule. It really needs changing. I did feel sorry for Spurs because it was straight after the goal, but. They say it evens out over the course of the season, but it's just that doesn't really matter. In the games where it should count, that should have easily counted. Yeah, and it would have changed the game definitely. I
2: think I
3: think it's I think it's more the handball rule more than anything. Yeah. I think there's been multiple decisions, obviously one in the Everton Leicester game last week, which um was was kind of controversial, but that one I just think it obviously when the ball strikes anyone's hands it leads to a goal. It normally gets ruled out, which is quite unfortunate because Lucas hasn't, well, doesn't look like he's intentionally gone to handle the ball. Obviously, he's 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 kind of gotten down and it's just hit his hand. I think it's so unfortunate, especially in a crucial part of the game where Spurs have just equalised. I think that's completely changed the complexion of the uh, the the well, the the game there, and just think the handball rule. Whether it needs changing, whether there needs to be a bit more specification, because some get given, some don't. Like the, um, was it the one the other day in the, um, I think it was uh, Burnley Sheffield United, was it the uh, a corner came to the box and it hit Peters' hand? Oh, yeah.
1: It, yeah, it seems to go one way for attackers and one way for defenders. It, yeah, it's just the rule needs over, overhauling, really. It's kind of a shambles.
0: Well, yeah, you do talk about that one against Sheffield United. and you said about that one uh, between Everton and Leicester. I think the big problem with that one was how many times it took for the referees to look over it. You know, um, it, it was a couple of minutes for a VAR decision that did look pretty stonewall. But I, I guess as well, you also had the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, was it Calvert-Lewin was all over a Leicester defender, all over his back. And they never looked at that at one point, going, actually, that might be something that we can change the decision for. But obviously, you know, they, they went on, Everton scored the penalty. Leicester probably should have got a draw out of that from their performance in the second half. I know Everton were definitely rocky for quite a few minutes. But, you know, nevertheless, they're... Uh, Everton got the win then, and uh, Leicester at that point went to another defeat. So going to going to the other game on the Thursday night was Man City Liverpool. Obviously, there are a few people that may think that quite a few Liverpool de- uh, players uh, had had a bit too much book fast in the uh week previous and might be still feeling the effects of it, but by Sunday, obviously those effects had seemingly vanished, despite you know, taking seventy five minutes to break down the tough Aston Villa side. You know, two got two latest goals, Sadio Mane and Curtis Jones. Had uh got Liverpool the win there. However, it was the other game on Sunday that really showed the difference between the top two. And that's Man City in their defeat to Southampton. I, I said it on Twitter um, after the game. And that's that Manchester City have not been good enough away. They they can do all these good performances like they have done against Arsenal, Liverpool, City, uh, Burnley. But then you get the Norwich performance. You get the Tottenham performance, the Wolves performance. Now Southampton, Luke. Obviously, um, sorry, thrower, thrower. Obviously, a great goal by uh, Che Adams. Um, but what was it about City that just, just didn't could could not break down that Southampton defence?
4: Um, I think. <clears throat> sorry, I think it's it's not always so much what City do, but sometimes what the other team do. And um, Southampton in the first half were really aggressive with the press. They weren't. I've never seen a team regain regret, regret against that Man City side as well as Southampton did on Sunday. So credit to them. They've had to pull out a top tier performance and if you're Man City, how, how do you deal with that when you know this is probably one of the best Southampton performances I've seen all season? Um, on the same side of that coin, as soon as you're causing a little bit of chaos in the box, as they did a few times, it's you need to keep piling on the pressure. And sometimes it was a little bit too either needle. David Silva had the ball in the box a couple of times and he tried to feed in passes where there's bodies everywhere. You know, sometimes you need to have a go from range or, you know, you need to try and get a little bit more of the simplicity going before you can actually try and be a bit more either needle with, with some of your, you know, your passes. So I think for me, they, they tried to be a little bit too finicky with what they did. Um, and the game just started to fizzle out and we we've seen this happen since the restart but games are so much more stop start now and unless you can really put on lots of pressure at you know when you're a goal down then the game's just going to fizzle out
0: 100% and we we talk about man city the game fizzling out when de bruyne and voden came on it, it there wasn't really a change it was just cross it into the box, cross it into the box. And it didn't seem to work. And when they did get the very few chances, they just couldn't seem to get the right kind of shot off. Obviously, Jack Stevens, Ben Direct, uh, Alex McCarthy and Goal were all brilliant. Um, and, it, and as much as we talk about Man City with that game, like I say, a whole bunch of credits got to go to Southampton. I, I remember uh, the Southampton nil... Leicester 9 game which ev- at that point everyone thought that Southampton was surely going down Um, when they lost at home against Bournemouth 3-1 obviously that horrendous mistake in added time to give Bournemouth that breathing space Kieran obviously is uh, you know supporting the club that gave Southampton their most humiliating defeat in the Premier League how good of a job have they done to turn it around without really bringing too many new faces in and also not sacking their manager.
3: Yeah, I think they've done a remarkable job, and credit has to go to Hasenhutel for that. I think he's galvanised the squad that were down um, after obviously that defeat. And they've really, I think they're away form more impressively this season. They've been been—they've been remarkable on the road, secured some brilliant victories. I remember they beat Chelsea just before, was it just before Christmas? Might have been Boxing Day, I can't remember. Around that time, um, I think they beat them 2-0 and they they completely deserve that. And they beat Spurs on New Year's Day as well. And defensively, they've looked a lot better, obviously, from conceding nine that night. It was kind of one of them where they've just got to reorganise and get that shape back. And I think Danning's Ings as well, obviously, he, he he's massive to them. He's scored 18 goals this season um, and a lot of them have been crucial ones, um, you saw his impact in the victory at Watford and the victory at Norwich, where he's he's constantly pressing from the front. It's not just his goals that get credit for; it's his hard work, his determination. And when you've got a player of that quality leading the line, who's got a lot to prove as well, having obviously not had the greatest spells at Liverpool, I think Southampton have, have got a good blend of of youth and experience now with with some of the the players coming through. You, you mentioned Will Smallbone played the other week. He looks a a good young talent. And uh, Michael Oberfemi up front. So Che Adams is still quite young if you can get him firing. They've got a good squad. They've got a good squad. And it's not surprising to me that, that they've they've improved. I just think it was a matter of confidence, a matter of self-belief. And they've obviously done that. And they're going to be safe in the Premier League for another season, which after the 9-0 game didn't look like they were going to do. So I think that's got to be
0: a huge amount of credit to the football club and to Haznautle. Yeah, Agree fully there. Obviously, you've got Danny Innes scoring all those goals. You've got maybe players that don't score a huge amount of goals, but put in that hard work You know, next to him like Shane Long, Che Adams, you know, all those different type of players there that are willing to put in the effort. And obviously, speaking of Che Adams scoring his first Premier League goal against Man City from 40 yards, lobbing Edison. In fact, Joel, it reminds me of uh, the one of the goals he scored at the Pro Act, I believe when Sheffield United beat Chesterfield 2-0. Unfortunately, uh, our goalkeeper gave it away and he scored from about 35 yards, curling the ball round him. But obviously, the Premier League, you know, full of surprises, uh, not much happening in the way of relegation, kind of all staying as it was. You know, bit, a few big losses, but We'll move down to where relegation takes you, obviously, the championship. And before we get to you know, from, uh, automatic promotion or relegation, we'll start with Derby County thrower. Um, and just before we get into the actual game, I'm, I'm not sure if you heard about one of the stories in Nottingham that happened. Was it a so, um, guy jumping in the... Yes, in, <laughs> the, the Nottingham Forest fan that jumped in the canal. Minutes before the end of the game, thinking that Forrest were going to come out uh, victors, uh, the police having to pull him out, and then him finding out that Derby had scored an, an added time equaliser. Um. <laughs> so, but we'll get into the actual game. Obviously, a tough game for Derby. Uh, one of their, uh, you know, six games to go. Five of them being against the top six. Obviously, going to be a tough running, and it's starting against the your most bitter rivals, how did you think Derby adapted to the game and what did you think of the result afterwards? Um,
4: not very well, surprisingly. I, th- I thought the performance was poor, quite laboured at times. You know, were, th- there's times where, and, and sides where they need breaking down because they're going to sit in, a, in quite a low block and cause problems. Um, Forest did that really well and they're probably the best side I've seen do that um, this season. Even you know, as much as like Cardiff and Millwall have done really well, Forest have done that excellently. I've never seen a side look so good at nullifying an opponent. Um, You know, the first half was pretty poor. Second half was a lot better from Derby. Um, Tried to force the issue a little bit more. um, Tried a little bit more movement, and it still didn't quite work. But yeah, you know, for the goal, what on earth is Joe Worrell doing? You know, I, I said it before he scored. I said. Why has he made that challenge? Whitaker is nowhere near the ball. it's you know the game's fizzling out, and you've just given Wayne Rooney a chance to put in a good ball into the box and and have scored and That could be a crucial point, Not that I think it will come into the season. I might eat my words on that one, but yeah, that was uh, that could have been an important point coming into it, especially with
0: Cardiff winning in the end. yes, and but there there is obviously the um red card in which you know, it rules out another striker for a game in which Derby have sometimes struggled with this season, you know, finding the right balance and then, you know, using it against the right opponent. So, is that something that Derby could, you know, trip over again?
4: Um, Quite possibly, but I suppose you have to sort of look at it on the other side of the coin. There's a chance for someone else to step up now. Um, You know, it is a a big loss. Martin Wyncorn's a top scorer. He started every game, I'm pretty sure, before Saturday. and, you know, losing someone like that in such a silly way is frustrating. And it's even more frustrating that I think there's still a little bit of hope there. Had they have lost, it would have been annoying. But it's even more frustrating that there's now still something to play for and that you're going to now lose him for three matches. But, you know, this is now a chance for, I think it's a chance for Joseph Zune to sort of step up, who hasn't yet. Um, he gets a lot of praise from his teammates in training. And he seems like the sort of player that could perform without a crowd, but, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating to lose a player like that, but it, it's just, it's another chance for someone else to sort of step up now.
0: Definitely. Oh, go on, Joel. I
1: was just going to say, obviously, Derby were player plans um, last year, and obviously Lampard went to Chelsea. What do you think of um, the job uh, Big Phil has done since coming in?
4: Cocky's uh, done a fantastic job when you look at everything that's happened off the fields of which we probably shouldn't mention it's and then you take away three quality loanees as well you, you're then asking a, a big re- rebuild job essentially and knowing what Derby's been like in the last few years, the, the fans don't have a lot of time for a rebuild at times, you know, looking at someone like when Nigel Pearson came in it wasn't the right fit at the time admittedly, but there wasn't any time for him to rebuild. Gary Rowett looked like a rebuild job. He got him straight into the play semis. You know, Lampard might have been a three-year job. He got to the playoff final. The fans aren't used to having a rebuild and still even now possibly not if if they do get into the playoffs again. But, you know, he's done a fantastic job and to be equal on points with Lampard at this point, given everything that's happened, you know, I think he should actually be really congratulated on what he's done so far. But, you know, there's still a long way to go in terms of if they're ever to get promoted still, because there is still a lot of work to be done.
0: Well, I was about to say, um, obviously, Philip Koku, well, unfortunately for Derby, they were towards the relegation zone around October, and November time. Since then, he's managed to get them back. Uh, and the previous game, he'd got the exact same record as Frank Lampard, which... Yeah, you know, you've got 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 to say that's pretty decent for someone who was struggling at the start of the season. And now being close to the playoffs I think is three points behind Cardiff. Yeah. And it's a big chance to shock everyone and get that get promotion when really no one expected it, no one was and after the season Derby have had, you know, uh off the field antics, players getting suspended, players getting hurt. Obviously getting promoted would see, would seem like almost the ultimate underdog victory. You know, coming back when nothing seems like it like it was going their way to begin with. Kieran, you've got something to say on, on the matter.
3: Yeah, what I was gonna say, Fro, is um a lot has been talked about this season about Derby's away form in particular. Obviously but a lot before Christmas mainly. Um, do you think that the goal against Wigan obviously on Boxing Day I think it was to get a point wasn't it at Wigan do you, do you think that was the turning point and how important do you think the away form is going to be from now to the end of the season obviously have got some big away fixtures I know West Brom's coming up as well away and some teams in and around the top um, I, I think that is possibly one of the most important goals of the season because
4: um, I looked at the, the Boxing Day table the other day and I think Derby were on 27 points if I'm not wrong Um which is level with Middlesbrough and only a couple of points clear of the relegation zone. Um, I think Wigan were in it at that point as well. So, you know, if, had they not scored that there was potential of actually looking over your shoulder and going, right, you know, we're in a bit of danger here. Uh, and instead there's that little bit of, um, a little bit of luck. Okay. It's the 90th minute scored, but also something to kick on and build from. And, and since then, you know, they've won away games and the made a really good point of um, trying to get themselves to a more consistent sort of form basis so um, and on the away form from now to the end of the season it's it's a marathon now, you've just got to win the games, it doesn't matter home run away you've just got to go out there and try and win the games and um, the West Brom one I think out of the three, top three would be the one that I'd fancy to get a result from because Brentford and Leeds are very good and that's not to say West Brom aren't but I think I'd fancy my chances more against West Brom than the other two.
0: You talk about West Brom there. Obviously, they're still in the top two along, alongside Leeds, but since the restart, there has been the you know odd stuttering performance from West Brom, in which they've not really got back to where they where they left off, and now Brentford, uh, I think, is five points from West Brom, yeah. which still big task to overturn in this stage of the season but something that can be done is should West Brom be very worried about Brentford going into the last few games or are they it, it's a little blip but they'll still find their way going up
4: I, I don't think I'd want to be looking over my shoulder at all it should be you know you've got 5 games now you've you've 5 points clear of them take every game as it comes and do your job on the pitch, and then you won't even have to look behind you. You know, um, I, I know they've started, but this is the sort of time where you just need to get over the line. doesn't matter how you win games, you know, how, when, you know, it could be the 90th minute, it doesn't, doesn't matter when or how, just win your games, go out there and, you know, just, just go out there and stutter over the line if you need to. It's That's what matters at the end of the day, because I think if they fall out of um, second and into third, Not only will they be gutted, but it will also be really difficult to try and then play potentially three games before the Premier League. And you know, we saw it with Leeds last season. As much as they outclassed Derby in the first leg, you know they're they're absolutely gutted not to get top two, and they really struggled for the second leg. And yeah, it's they just need to get
0: themselves over the line, honestly. So, as well in the championship as the top six, um, there's obviously the relegation race, which is quite packed with teams that are looking to survive but one team that thought they might have been safe last week um is Wigan Athletic unfortunately uh in the past week or so they've been put into administration by owners that they've only had for four weeks and now it's been found out that the the owners have a bet on them for for Wigan to go down uh all, all your thoughts on it. Obviously, it's a ridiculous situation and one that we've not really seen before. What, what do you guys think about this? It's
2: an absolute shambles, really, isn't it? I mean, I, I believe I'm right in saying that they'll be getting
0: a 12-point deduction. Um, 12 points if they stay up, but if they go I mean, down to get the 12 points next season. So, mm-hmm. so currently, the 12 points would put them on put them on. Uh, yeah, the, they will yeah, put them on thirty eight. Yeah, the six points ahead of the relegation zone. Yeah, I, I didn't
2: know that bit about the uh, the owners having a bet on them to get relegated, but that, I mean, that should just sort of show that the, that, that sort of, whoever the people that own them just shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a football club again, really. Mm.
0: Well, it, if, that, was, if that's what they're going to be doing, it was a recorded conversation with a Wigan fan and Rick Parry, who is one of the uh, an, I think he's an executive at the EFL, which shows if they've known about it, why is something not being done? You know, it's it's just, <laughs> it's the weirdest situation that could happen at this point in the season. You know, and I, I think since there's been something that's come out that's saying all betting companies that are on a shirt will be, I, I think they want to get rid of it in the Premier League within the next year or so. And the FL it might take a couple of years for that to happen, um, so, which is obviously a big thing. But as, as far as now, it's not helping Wigan, who now look like they, they could be favourites to go down, even though they've, been, they, they've just recently come off a nine unbeaten streak. So it, it's you know, a ma- massive blow to them, considering the revival that had been put under with Paul Cook. Like I say, obviously, there's the Wigan situation, but then there's also the other, well, mounds of clubs that are trying to stay afloat in the championship. We've got um, Hull, Middlesbrough, now under Neil Warnock, of course. You've got Luton, Joel's picked to stay up Barnsley. I mean, Joel obviously you went with Barnsley. I, I think they had a bit of a tough loss. To take at the weekend, do you still believe in Barnsley today stay up?
1: Well, got, they're playing Luton tonight,
0: so it's a
1: massive, massive game. And then after that, they're playing Wigan. But then after that, their next three are Leeds, Forest, and Brentford. And it's Brentford's last game at their ground, so that game could be destined to send them up automatically. So it's, it's dual. Do or die time for Barnsley tonight, I'd say, and on when the next game is. But I've 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 seen enough of them. I reckon they'll I reckon they'll win tonight, and then Wigan will be down on confidence and they'll beat Wigan, and then they'll just have to get lucky against um, the other three. But I have faith in uh, Struber to keep the Reds up.
0: Obviously, though, Luton are a side that have had a bit of look go their, their way as well. They drew against Leeds. They beat a tough Swansea team. You know, Kieran, see, seeing teams like this get, you know, mm-hmm. good and big results. What, what, what's your thoughts on the situation?
3: I think the relegation battle in the Championship is still quite tight. Um, I think you look at Luton who are Bottom, they're only um, five points from safety, which with five games to go looks amount of the task. But you put two or three results together, then you're well in the picture again. I think that game between Luton and Barnsley is massive because whoever can win, massive confidence. I think whoever loses that game will be a mammoth task to stay up. But I think Luton obviously coming off the back of a, a huge defeat of the weekend, was it 5-0 against Reading? Who haven't yeah. been particularly on big form? I think, was it Matey score four? So that's not the best way to come into a game um, as big as this, but I think if, if either side, especially Luton, considering oh, both teams came off the back of a heavy defeat, didn't they, at the weekend. So I think whoever wins this, obviously if Barnsley win it, there'll be level on points in Middlesbrough, who have um after a positive start under Neil Warnock, haven't they lost their did they lose haven't they lost their last two potentially I think they lost against Hall, didn't they, in the last minute last Thursday, which is yeah, a huge game. Result. Big result that in the relegation battle, but there's some big, big games at the bottom. Obviously Stoke played Barnsley, two teams who are fighting for their lives at the bottom. Um, so I think with some of the fixtures that teams have got to play, I think Reading have got to play Huddersfield as well. And Huddersfield need the points. Obviously, they won at the weekend, but they need the points. And I think it's all to play for still at the bottom. Hull have got a tough game at Bristol City who haven't really been hitting the heights that they've been uh, doing previously. And obviously Wigan, of course, if they get their 12 points, they'll be bottom. So I think that's got to be taken into consideration when looking at the relegation battle too.
0: Yeah, uh, well, there was the... I I, I did see on Twitter, it's one of the best kind of examples of a short story on Twitter. And it was uh, Malik Wilkes of Hull, who he was on loan and his loan had ended. And a fan had commented on it going... Goodrid, he's not good enough, he's not fast enough, he's not skillful enough to be in the Championship. And someone had replied, well, just wait till you see the next tweet. And the next tweet was, Malik Wilkes has joined Hull on a permanent deal, and then went and scored the winner against Middlesbrough. Uh, you know, obviously hugely important goal, so <laughs> Twitter strikes again, I think, in that case. But um, you, you just talked about Bristol City there, Kieran. Twelfth uh, from fifty-five points, maybe mm-hmm. not hitting the heights, but Lee Johnson, a successful manager for Bristol City, uh, took him to the League Cup semi-final. Has done, has played good football with him. Done very well. Uh, replaced now by Dean Holden on a uh, temporary basis. Dean Holden, great player, great player. Dean Holden won. <laughs> uh, but Luke, as someone as obviously you know the Championship, uh, and you see Lee Johnson being sacked. Uh, how much of a hit is that for Bristol City, or maybe is it a new lease of life for him?
2: Um, it,
4: it can be a bit of a hit because they've he's obviously taken so far, but at the same time, it's not worked. And sometimes, as a manager, you can stay at a club too long. Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm sort of looking at someone like Eddie Howe. He's possibly stayed at Bournemouth a bit too long now, and it's you know it's not not really working. Um, so, so perhaps. Perhaps it's it's been a bit too long, and they need something fresh. And I can't blame them because they've always looked very close to being a top six side. They've never quite got themselves over the line. And this season, I think, given how how poor the chasing pack is for the championship, and let's not let's not be blunt about that, it is a poor chasing pack this season. Bristol City should have finished in that top six if if they had any any sort of chance at doing it in the next couple of seasons. Because next year it could be really tough. So. You know I think it was the right decision ultimately, and sometimes you have to be able to part company, not
3: sentimental with someone because it's it 's the type of business it is i think I think um with that Bristol City, no winning nine, obviously before that they looked pretty pretty comfortable and, and looking really good for the playoffs but i think just that run where no winning nine um in the championship isn't is you can you can fall because it's so it's so unpredictable, the championship, that any run of form can take you from in and around the relegation battle to in and around the playoffs, like Derby have done uh, within the last couple of months, compared to Bristol City, where they were, they were in with a shout. A couple of bad results has, has really put them in contention just for mid-table, mid-mediocracy now. So, I think, obviously, defeats against Forrest and Cardiff in the last two, who are both chasing the playoffs and automatics respectively. I think that was a that was really uh put the last dent in that for, for Johnson. But there's no doubt he's done a fantastic job there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, maybe with someone like Dean Holden at the helm, they can pick their results up before the end of the season. He might get a permanent uh jab at championship football. So we've we've talked quite a bit there about the championship. We'll move down a level to League One and talk about what has been a brilliant set of playoff fixtures yet again. Obviously, League Two provided some big drama and big results. And now League One's done the same. Obviously, you had Oxford versus Portsmouth, 1-1 on both legs, going to penalties and Oxford winning 5-4, which, um, guys, can you remind me who predicted Portsmouth to go up? Yep, Joel, Luke <laughs> and Kieran. <laughs> I predicted the Oxford, so uh, at least I've got a chance this time. <laughs> Luke again, though, two times and uh, <laughs> your two predictions going out in the semi-finals. Let's hope it's not the same for the National League. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like, like I say, uh, Oxford managing to squeeze through on penalties. and I'm not sure if you saw uh, the... Group of Portsmouth fans that turned up to the Kassam Stadium uh, on a flatbed truck, uh, singing to the cardboard c- cutouts where we you at Fratton Park. I've, I've got <laughs> to say, whilst maybe a little bit uh, irresponsible, it, it is pretty funny to see stuff like that. But the the other the other two-legged semi-final was Wickham versus Fleetwood. You know, Fleetwood managed by Joey Barton, who seemed to look like Bruce Banner from the Marvel movies. He he looks so different compared <laughs> to. He, he's obviously not been to the barbers since lockdown. He's got those weird glasses that you just wouldn't expect Joe Barton to wear. Not no, Luke. That's not. That's not a job <laughs> <you know. laughs> but um, obviously a big sco- big, big uh, aggregate score there. I believe it was six, uh, six three. Six in the three. End. So uh, a massive. Aggregate scoreline. So, Oxford versus Wickham Wanderers in the playoff final. League One playoff final for a shot at the championship. Who would have expected that at the start of the season? Especially with some of the teams in League One, Sunderland, Portsmouth, uh, Ipswich, Pl- uh, Peterborough, were looking <laughs> Peterborough were looking pretty decent. You're shaking your head there a bit with Ipswich. Obviously, being from Ipswich, what were your thoughts on their season and kind of the team's in the playoffs
4: um it was an unfortunate season for them it's just sort of for, it was it was unfortunate in the fact that they started so well which i don't think they expected and then they started to collapse it was almost similar to what wickham have done but wickham have managed to get themselves to apply a player final which is odd you know it's <laughs> um but in terms of league 1 looks really really competitive again next season because Portsmouth are now going to be in it next season, and then one of Wickham and Oxford could be. And I think, especially if Oxford stay down, it could be really competitive. And depending on how Wickham do, if they do stay down, quite possibly. I don't know whether it's a, you know, a lucky season. You don't ever normally get lucky, but they were very much falling, and I don't know whether they would have made playoffs if it weren't for the points per game. But um, yeah, but there's also going to be a, a I think, a really. Good side from the championship go down, uh, whether that's Huddersfield, Stoke, Borough, or um, Wigan. Uh, one of uh, there is going to be a relatively big side down there again next season. That's going to be really competitive, so um, it'll be interesting to watch the final and see what the lineup looks like for next season for League
0: One. There's also the three, the four teams coming up from League Two: um, Swindon, Plymouth, Crew, and Northampton. If I'm not mistaken, I yeah. might be. But well, yeah. uh, but. I know I know with Swindon for for example, they might struggle a bit next season. It seems like they might be losing their top goal scorer Owen Doyle to Bolton who have recently appointed Ian Everett as manager. So that, that could be a huge hit for them and you know, maybe a massive hit for Bolton next season, who, you know, need need a good season under their belt, need to, you know, start working their way back up the football pyramid, you know, out of League Two as quickly as you can, kind of like what Portsmouth and Blackpool uh, both did recently. Um, and obviously it's a huge hit losing Ian Everett to Bolton for Barrow, who it, it's it's been one of those seasons of surprises. You know, who who would have thought that Wickham-Oxford would have been in the playoffs? Who would have thought that Wigan would have been in administration four weeks after selling the club? Who would have thought that Barrow would be in the Football League? Who would have thought that Halifax would somehow be in the playoffs? Even though they've been <laughs> terrible all season, <laughs> but uh, like I say, it, it's been a very weird season, and I'm sure next season will pull off, you know, some even more shocks, or maybe maybe it'll go a little bit more to the status quo. But talking about the National League today, it's been announced that the National League playoff contenders can have uh, behind closed door friendlies. I know. The, the only one that I've seen being announced is Notch County, Dorkin Wanderers, um, which will be a good test for both teams. Luke, with Halifax being in the playoffs, how important is it to have a friendly in you know this close to what is their biggest games in, in quite a while for Halifax, obviously?
2: Um, yeah, it's massive just to get that. There's only so much fitness work you can do in training and to, to get fully matched sharp, you've got to play a couple of games. So I think without, without these friendlies being allowed, you've, I, think, I think there would have been an advantage on the teams playing in the first round. And I wouldn't have been surprised if one of us in the first round hadn't gone on to win it simply because of that match sharpness. So I think this is especially helpful for uh, Harrogate and Notts County who wouldn't have had those games otherwise. Uh, obviously, they they probably got time to fit two friendlies in in the time. Whereas I think if we're going to get a friendly, it's sort of got to be done this coming weekend. Uh, and I'd, I'd imagine we'll, we'll play maybe someone from the National League North or maybe a League Two team. Uh, but yeah, it's just just very important to get that match fitness up. And I think I think it's just it's just helping out. Obviously, I think otherwise team finishing second, third would have been at the disadvantage.
0: Obviously, yes. And with the National League, of course, um, teams were told to get ready for a September start. Um, we're now in the 7th of July. Um, this is when we're recording the podcast. Um, so two two months pretty much until what could be the start of next season. Um, but obviously we, we, we do all know that that won't happen without at least some fans being there, even if it's not the full capacity that you know the stadium can hold. Um, so if Halifax don't go up, they do stay in the National League. How... How much of a, how much work is going to have to go in for Halifax to get to the new season?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, going to be massive. I, I believe Pete Wild has has already spoken to a lot of players uh, regarding contracts for next season, but I don't know if he's going to. I don't know when any signs have been announced. According to a couple of Sort of rumors. We we've already sort of signed maybe one or two players sort of in advance, but it, it really just depends on what league we're in, and then
0: if though if certain players have only agreed a deal if we get promoted or not. Exactly, I, I, pretty much the same at Chesterfield as well. And um, we we've got ten players on the books currently. Seems that John Pemberton wants about twenty. We've got the six that were out of contract the have agreed in principle to sign a new deal. And then he, it seems like Nathan Tyson's only a matter of time before he becomes a permanent Chesterfield player. Uh, he, he does want Schwan back, which I'm, I'm not that surprised about. Schwan's a good keeper. And then that leaves a couple more players to get in. But obviously there's the, uh, trust, the community trust deal to take over the club, which seems like it's sink or swim next week which could be a big, big moment for Chesterfield Football Club. But So, that's from the Premier League down to the National League, we've talked about pretty much the biggest issues that have, that have been there this week. Um, so, what we'll do now is we'll move on to the Super 6 predictions, or, well, not Super 6 predictions, Super 6-like predictions for, for us.
4: Non-trademarked.
0: <laughs> well, last week, obviously, we had Jim... Quinlan here, and these are the scores on the doors from the latest round of predictions. So Jim only got four points, Kieran got ten points, Joel got 17 points, Luke Davis got ten points, and myself got five points. Uh, So Joel, clear winner. I believe that's your second win now, out of the three weeks that we've been doing this. And obviously the only week that he that he didn't win was the week where there was the less games. He only predicted the uh, four FA Cup quarterfinal fixtures. So we'll move on to this weekend and the fixtures to predict. So, starting on Saturday at 12.30, Norwich City versus West Ham. We'll start at Thrower, who is our guest this week. So Thrower, what do you think will be the score in that game?
4: Um, firstly, is there like a Top Gear style guest board for where everyone finishes?
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, we, we, we can make that.
4: <laughs> yes. Um, secondly, I think West Ham um, are looking okay under Moyes. I, I feel like they'll, they'll notch another win, but a slim one. Um, 2-1 West Ham, I think, will go for.
0: Fair enough. European charge for David Moyes' men. Um, <laughs> we'll <laughs> do a clear relegation first <laughs> <laughs> We'll go to Joel next The reigning champion
1: I'm going to say 1-1 one, 1-1 one.
3: One, one, <laughs> one. We'll go to Kieran um, I'm going to go to 2-1 to West Ham
2: Luke uh, I'm going to say
0: 2-0 West Ham going to go 3-1 West Ham Yep, Robert Snodgrass hat trick. Um, <laughs> as well at twelve thirty, Watford take on Newcastle United at Vickridge Road. Luke Thrower, uh, again, we will start with you. Um,
4: oh, I just I fancy Watford to nick something. Um, I'm going to go for a one-one draw. Joel, two
1: 0 Newcastle.
3: Karen. Um one one draw as well.
2: Luke. <laughs> uh one nil Newcastle.
0: Yeah, it does seem to have draw on this. I'm gonna go nil-nil. So we move to the champions Liverpool at three o'clock at home at Anfield against Burnley. Now I will say with Burnley, I believe they've just lost their two key centre backs. Um I saw something where Ben Mee's definitely out for the rest of the season. And I think uh, so is Tarkovsky. Um, mm. I'll, I'll just check. But once I do check, Thrower will start with you again. What's your prediction?
4: Uh, this has a Gibson Masterclass written all over it. Uh, no, nah, I think Liverpool aren't really going to expel themselves too much, I don't think. Um, slim 1-0 win for me.
0: It's not Tarkovsky that's out for the rest of the season as well. It's Jack Cork. So, you know, defensive and midfield. Uh, you know, two big injuries there for Burnley. Joel, ball will go to you next. Uh, two
1: 0
2: Liverpool.
0: Two nil Liverpool. Karen.
3: I'm for a, a three 0
2: Liverpool win. Luke. I'm going to go big and say four 0 Liverpool win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One all. <laughs> oh, but, a big day, Kurt. <laughs> for those listening um, everyone else was trying to get me to say 5-0 so we went up in order <laughs> L- listen we know that I go for different results how's that work
1: out
0: for you? I got <laughs> Southampton to beat Man City wow. you and he did win the second
1: week
0: <laughs> exactly yeah I also said Newcastle to beat Man City that week but uh, we'll go to the next game, Joel. Obviously, big game for Sheffield United. They take on Chelsea at Bramall Lane. But Pro, we'll start with you.
4: You never know what Chelsea's going to show up. Um, and but Sheffield you know, United have been a little bit laboured in their start. I do fancy him to nick something though, so 1 1.
0: 1 1. Fair enough. We'll go to Joel. Oh, uh, um,
1: 1 0 Chelsea,
0: Karen. 2-1 to Chelsea, and i will just edge it. Luke? Uh, 3-1 Chelsea. See, so I think he'll come down to whoever they play up front. Obviously, we were talking about Giroud making a big impact for Chelsea. It, like I say, it's a tough one. one or I'll go with. Finally, at the Amex Stadium, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Manchester City. Bro, what's going to be the score?
4: Um, I, I just think City are going to want to hammer them side 4-0.
0: <laughs> Big result there. Joel? Uh, I'll
1: go 2-1 City. Kieran?
3: 2-0 Man City.
2: Luke? I think it's going to be a quite a tight game, so I'm just going to say 1-0 Man City.
0: See, very rarely do Manchester City drop points in two games in a row. So, with that there, we're going to go with 2-1 Brighton. <laughs> that's that's going to be the one that pretty much secures <laughs> Brighton. Of it. I really do
1: applaud
0: the boldness. L-l- listen, one of those is going to come off. Either Liverpool are going to be drunk again or City are going to be very lax. One the idea t- that
4: most of them are meant to come off, so that you win, not just one
0: of them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but if one of them comes in especially right, then that, that's a big one. Very yes. rarely do you get a five-pointer, unless you're Joel and you got three five-pointers this week. It's just fluke, though, isn't it? <laughs> but we'll move on to a <laughs> another quite tough one. Um, Wolves <laughs> host Everton at Molineux, 12 o'clock on Sunday, Um Thrower, who's going to come out with the win on this one? Uh, wolves, two now. Straight to the point, Joel. Uh, 1 0, Wolves. Kieran. 1 1. Luke.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say two all.
0: And I'm going to go with 3 1, Wolves. We'll move to a different part of Birmingham this time. We'll go to Villa Park, Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace at two fifteen. Luke, Brower.
4: Um, three 0 Crystal Palace.
0: It's a big result there, Joel. One one. One one. Karen,
3: I'm going to say because they need to win and they have to win this game. I'm going to say two one two one, to Aston Villa.
0: Who know you're talking about Aston Villa there?
3: Yes, but they, they've got to win this game, Kurt. It's a huge game. They want to stay. Fair enough. Luke?
2: 2-1 uh, Palace.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm the same there. 2-1 Palace. Van Arnold, 90th minute winner. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Patrick Van Arnold does love to relegate a few sides. So, if this goes towards mm. it, then it's just another side that goes towards... The legend that is Patrick Van Arnold. Mm-hmm. So at half four, possibly the biggest game of the week, weekend. Um, Tottenham Hotspur host Arsenal in the North London Derby. We will start with Froa. Uh, oh,
4: uh, 2 1 Arsenal.
0: <laughs> Joel. nil-nil. No, no. No nil. That's it. Aaron. Nil, nil. Nil, nil. <laughs> no
2: nil. No nil. Luke. No, that's got it's gonna be three two Tottenham. Of course.
0: No, I I I'm in agreement with Frower. Two one Arsenal. So in the last game on Sunday at seven o'clock, Bournemouth host Leicester at Dean's Court. Uh oh, it's not the Dean's Court now, is it? It's the Vitality State. Dean's Court's better, let's face it. <laughs> so, we'll start with you.
4: It's um, not working for Bournemouth still. 3 uh, 1 Leicester.
0: Fair enough, Joel. 2 0 Leicester. Garen.
3: 2 1 to Leicester.
0: So you're, you're banking on Leicester to lock down Dean's Court?
2: <laughs> Getting right on newspaper headlines.
0: <laughs> Luke.
2: All I'm saying is, Kurt, this is big shots fired coming from someone that goes to the Technique Stadium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it's it's about to change. We're, we're going to win the league next year.
2: <laughs> um, go back to prediction. I'm going to say 4-1 Leicester.
0: 4-1 Leicester. Um, I won't go that big, but I'll go 2-0 Leicester. So, finally, on Monday night, as the same time as the, well, you know, simultaneously going along with the League One player final. Uh, it is Manchester United at Old Trafford facing Southampton. So, thrower do Man United get the win or do Southampton yet again strike off another Manchester team?
4: Um, uh, United are in such good form. So, I'm going to have to go 2-0 Man United. 2-0. Joel? I'm going to say
0: 1-0
1: Southampton.
0: Gareth,
2: Two no manu. Luke? Uh two one Man United.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with four two to Manchester United. Because Man United do score a lot of goals, but they do still concede a few. So I'll go with four two to Manchester United. So there you have it. That's our ten predictions for the ten Premier League fixtures. This weekend, um, some some uh, big predict some bold predictions in there. Not confident at all. I'm, I'm really confident in mind. <laughs> I'm winning this. I'm confident. Well, we've we, we've not had a guest that's come on and won yet. Johnny. I'm the first. Johnny failed. Jim failed. So, will the first guest to win be Brower? Hope so. <laughs> Okay, so we move on now to a different sort of thing uh, for this podcast. Joel, you've got—is it fourteen? Would you rather? I have to say that a little bit slowly. Would you rather? Questions for us today.
1: Yes, it's um, all to do with like hypothetical situations for your club and what you would want as a fan, really. Okay. So the first one is: we'll see, we'll see, we'll like, and then we'll—I'll just pick the majority. Okay. Okay, so would you rather win the league twice in the next ten years without splashing the cash, or win it five times for blatantly bought the league? Ooh. I'm going twice without splashing yeah. the cash. Yeah, same. Yeah, I agree. You're the agree.
0: I'd that. Yeah. Um, five times with money. But, well, obviously, the majority is the two.
1: Yeah. yeah, 96% said twice. Um, okay, would you rather lose to your main rivals twice and finish seventh or beat them twice and finish
2: tenth? 10. Yeah, Yeah, beat, beat them and finish tenth.
1: Yeah, because in the Premier League, it might not even mean anything. finishing seventh, oh.
0: well, mm-hmm. tenth in tenth in the lower leagues means you just finish outside playoffs.
1: Yeah, and
0: it doesn't it doesn't mean that they're going to go up as well. So,
1: would you, who are your main rivals be? Uh,
0: Mansfield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm going to say, win, finish tenth. Ten. I don't know. would not finish 10th because 10th and
3: 7th
0: are not
1: really
3: much
0: different. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so
3: I'm so. would finish 10th. Depends yeah. where the rivals finish as well though in the table.
0: Well, I mean, in, in the Premier League, if you finish 10th, te- if you finish 7th, you might not even get Europe anyway. Yeah. So mm. you may as well finish 10th. In, in every league below apart from uh, League 2. League two in the National League. You finish seventh, you finish outside the playoffs. In the National League, fair enough, you finish in the playoffs, but I'd rather I'd rather beat both the rivals and finish outside. Okay,
1: should we go for that one then? Yeah. Okay. Win and finish. 90 percent said lose and finish seventh. Okay. Come on, really? I know. Mm. Uh, would you rather appoint an attack-minded manager who neglects the back line or one who plays ultra-defensive but often wins? Ultra-defensive.
0: Ultra-defensive.
1: Ultra-defensive.
0: Our our, our our defense is normally what it's just a problem anyway. So
1: defending is an art.
0: Get big. Mac all in. I'll
2: say is, in in the last couple of years, we we've had both, and all I can say is the football was a lot worse under the defensive manager, but it felt good to actually, you know, not get pumped seven 0
0: I'm I'm lucky that when we were successful we had both, but at the moment I would rather take a hugely defensive manager but have the chance to go up rather than having to having good a good attackers obviously but not not a brilliant defence um, battling to stay up.
1: Oh, the old cliche goals win games but defence wins your titles.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's 50-50 that one. Ooh. Okay. Okay. You need Europe for the first time ever and possibly the last time as well. Would you rather get an easy group to progress or get all the big teams in your group?
2: Cool. That's a tough yeah. one. And the I'm big gonna be unless... an go, <laughs> yeah. go easy because then you might you might get one of the big teams later
0: on. Yeah.
1: Because every um, team in say, say it's the Champions League, every team's a big team, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if and if you do progress, you get a deep a better chance to win the thing at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would you class as <laughs> a, a big team? Of
1: the big teams are Barça, Real, Atletico. In like the
0: top the top Arsenal. five leagues. Yeah. yeah. Those mm. that always get to the latter stages of the Champions League. Okay. Rather than I your to progress, you're rooting progress.
1: Yeah. You're, you're going to have to come up against a, a, a powerhouse eventually.
0: Mm. I agree. It's like Leicester, no, isn't it? Look, yeah. You know, look look at the incredible. time that they were in. I can't remember your group, but I don't think it was hugely difficult, Club, was it? Club Rouge,
3: Copenhagen, and Porto. Um, mm. So you, you, won the group. you got Porto. Yeah, Which big big teams and um, Copenhagen and Bruges. I'm not sure how many times have been in the Champions League before that, but Porto, established Champions League team, and obviously you win the group and you you go into the last 16. You could face obviously being winners of the group. You'll face obviously second place, so Sevilla and then Atletico are a big club. So I'll probably go for the um you know the the I'd say the easier on paper route and then potentially yeah. get a big side in the quarter finals at
1: 16 so if you got all the big teams in your group and got absolutely pummeled every game no one would remember like no. you we're in the Champions League yeah you didn't win a game
3: exactly. especially since your first, your first um, time in the competition as yeah. well yeah
2: easy group
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. your club
1: <laughs> your club has a new healthy fans initiative what would you rather they stop selling at half-time? Beer or pies? See, I would stop selling beer, because I normally drink before the game, and pies are just a staple.
0: Mm. See, all as journalists, as journalists, <laughs> we have to say beer. True. <laughs> but as a fan, I'd have to say it pies. If you want to stop selling, yeah, but that, that's the yeah. thing as journalists, you, you, you know, you, you're more likely to get a pie over a beer as a journalist. Yeah. As a fan, to me, I'd rather them stop selling pies. So I'm not. I don't get pies at a game anyway. Mm. So I, don't, I don't really get either at a game.
3: No, me neither. I sometimes get a pie half time. To be fair, that's sometimes what I get when I'm. Awesome. You, i love more,
2: more of like a, a burger. <laughs>
0: By, by the way, Kieran, a couple of weeks ago, you did share with me the Leicester clapper that you got for the restart. Yeah, you, they they'd sent out clappers to their season two holders. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. So, which point? one The divisive thing. <laughs> Take it to uni with you. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: yeah, getting get that in the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to be. Wake Jim up with that. <laughs> 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 which one we picking you know? then?
3: Oh, I'm saying I, stop, stop. selling beer.
4: I'm I'm going to move stop selling beer. I'm going to say pie. pie. Yeah, I'm going to go pie. pie. Oh, uh, Kurt's a def- decisive vote.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, wh- why get a pie when you can get cotton candy at Salford?
1: Would you, <laughs> also, <laughs> would you rather sell <laughs> your best player to a rival for 50 million? or sell them abroad
2: for £20 million? Um, Probably sell them abroad.
1: Yeah, sell them
2: abroad. Not going for a rival. No.
1: Who is your biggest rival? I,
2: I, well, I think if you ask a lot of fans, they'd probably say Huddersfield, uh, but we haven't played them in years. Uh, but then you've got teams like Burnley, Bradford, uh, Rochdale, pretty close by, but again, we haven't played any of them in years. I yeah. think at, at our level, it was like Bradford Park Avenue and Geisley. Salford, <laughs> Salford, tried to be rivals with us, but they never really quite managed it because they've only ever beaten us once.
1: And they try and be rivals with Oldham as well.
2: Salford, yeah, yeah okay. I mean, but that, that, to be fair, that's that's a relatively close, local one. The Trouble is with Salford is because they've just come up sort of so recently. No one at this level really cares about them. Like they're still considered a small club.
0: It's, it's so, the thing? Is Salford was one of our first away games in, in the league. So we took 1,300 to them. When they came to us, they took 125. Yeah. And, and, and this, fair, fair enough, you could maybe argue that it was before Christmas, but it was the 8th of December. And they were on a 20-game winning streak. And we were on a 19 game. nineteen game No, not losing, just not Sorry, winning. winless. It was about winless. ten games, ten draws. Uh, which one we
1: picking?
4: Broad. I'm saying, I'm saying a rival, which would be awful. But yeah.
0: Abroad at the moment, because if we're getting twenty million at the moment,
4: but then you could have fifty.
0: Yeah, but make twenty
2: million in the national league would do a job. Exactly. So with <laughs> 50? Yeah,
4: I'm not, I'm need not selling
0: them to Mansfield. And then your rivals when, the best player. <laughs> when are you going to come up against Mansfield? Yeah, but listen, it's the best player that we have. And honestly, I don't want to lose Tom Denton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you not, you're honestly, losing him. he's our best player. He's been our best player for... Yeah,
1: been, since I would really have yeah. like, Tom Plett being sold to Wednesday. Yeah, but, oh, but,
4: but you're losing them anyway at this point, so you might as well take the other 30.
1: Yeah, but say John Fletcher is a Sheffield United legend. I'm not saying he's that best but just one of them.
0: But they if you went to Wednesday completely tarnish his bit at the
4: club. While yeah. he's still playing for him, yes, but afterwards, maybe not, as long as he doesn't speak bad about the club.
0: Here's the thing I'd rather Tom Denton go on and flourish somewhere else than play in a stadium where they only have three stands.
4: Um, which which side so, is he playing for abroad, then, Kurt?
1: Okay, so oh, rival... For I'm saying abroad. Yeah,
2: abroad. abroad. Go for it.
1: Almost said rival. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a stupid... I'm not even going to tolerate that. Oh, go and listen. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Okay, would you rather your club gets a lucrative new sponsor who insists your home shirt ha- home shirt has to be pink, or your club puts match tickets up by ten pound?
4: Match tickets up by ten pound. What an awful question. Yeah. Yeah. Match- yeah.
1: Imagine if every club had pink kits because of this new sponsor.
4: If they said something like maybe like one away kit, then fair enough, yeah. but you're trying to oh, yeah. change a whole history of home kits. It's
1: yeah. like, well you can't card it, yeah. But that was a chairman <laughs>
4: thing, that was that was him being ooh,
0: you know, him. Yeah. Ten pounds.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind a pink kit, but I want to keep red and white, obviously.
0: Oh yeah, I I wouldn't
2: mind a yeah, pink kit. It does make it pink. a White kit, kit.
0: non-issue. Yeah, the home the home shirt. Red and white can green. make
4: pink. So like
0: running out at the shade with a luminous pink kit, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> uh, I remember Cor Corby Town did that uh, about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Just just remember, we ran out in a luminous orange kit. We're coming in a white and green kit this year. No,
2: You've seen no, our we beat you with our ambulance kit, mate.
0: I don't mind that though the luminous yellow is pretty decent the only problem is it it might look like a steward mate it's <laughs> green. It the green oh yeah it's the green bowl. Oh.
2: It's, it's officially it's green it's green and, i think it's green and gray it's better than the kids that
0: you pulled for your third one this year
2: we're not talking about that we're not talking about that. <laughs> okay moving on <laughs>
1: Would you rather lose your favorite player but sign two who are equally as good, or keep your favorite player?
2: Um,
1: get two.
2: Yeah, I was going to lose your favorite player because you get you get two equally good players, and yeah. you just you just you know you just get, over the next season you just get a new favorite.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, if they're able people,
4: to replicate performances. And then there's two of them, then yeah, you, you would eventually. It's just the attachment side of things, isn't it? I
0: mm. guess as well they can always fit in different ways as well and be a different style of player. So. See Chris That's
4: Martins. A
1: big one here. Would you rather win the Premier League or the Champions League? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Premier League or the Champions League?
2: Champions League.
1: I'm saying Premier
2: League. I'm um, I'm going to say Prem as well. So it's 38
3: games. I'm going to go for. Pure on the basis of. the already There we go. Here I'd we go. go for the
1: uh, Champions
0: League. Okay. I'd go Champions League.
2: <laughs> We've already won the first. Degree, It'd be the
0: bigger shot twice, so. Yeah. Would yeah. Plus, yeah. Kurt, you could you could be in the Champions League in a couple of seasons. Exactly. But, it, cup, it, but if if you win the Champions League, you're in the Champions League again the season after. It's true.
1: Okay, this is this is a good one for um Luke Davis. Who would you rather have of your marquee summer signing? The David Luis who gave away a goal every almost every game or couldn't hit a Barn doorway with Fernando Torres. I
2: play
1: one. Torres easily.
2: Yeah, I think I think I'd go with a you know. Yeah, Torres.
1: You could still win games with it.
2: Yeah, so he, he can be yeah. a useful, useful player. Whereas, whereas a David Luiz is just a bit too much of a
0: liability, for my liking. I we've had. Yeah, and he's
1: not scored in
0: the Premier League. Yeah. we've had both though, and they're not as they're, The defender. So we've stayed up with the defender. We've gone down with the striker.
3: Send yeah. the striker. I want to go with the striker one.
2: Well, you, you did my IOZ Paris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you had to pick, would you choose football
2: or love? Football. 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 <laughs> football is love.
0: <laughs> football is life.
4: With 20 years of just football, so football,
1: <laughs> I won by 97%. Okay, would you rather have a free season ticket for live, but you have to hit to every game in a full kit and never go to a match again?
2: <sighs> I'm turning up in a oh, full, full kit, kit yeah, a full reputation from it, yeah. Can I wear that's your thing at that point, but I couldn't, yeah. could you? Imagine never going to a game again.
1: Uh, Are we going full kit? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, would you rather sell your worst player to your rivals but for triple his worth or sign their best player at half his value? So,
0: would you rather get a better player or get more money? Better player, yeah. Better player, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say sell, sell your worst player. Th- no, think, think about up. it, Luke. Though at this level, you're more likely to sell a player for nothing. This is true.
2: I well, think, to be honest, honest, I'm not going to lie. We did do that at the end of last season. Okay. We, 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 oh, we did, we did sell our play, uh, possibly our worst
0: player to for, for a fee somehow. I'm not going to mention his name. But... I, think, I think the only player that we sold for a fee was Charlie Carter. But I that, was, that, was, oh, that was worth it. Good player, but good fee.
1: OK, the last one. Your club goes bankrupt and deceases, and so like, very basically. Would you rather go and support another team in your league or become a
2: rugby fan?
4: Another team. I can't I can't stand rugby.
2: Uh,
1: I think when a team kind of folds, like some sort of resemblance of that team is always formed later on. Mm,
2: yeah. Like Halifax. I mean
1: Yeah. Sheffield mm-hmm. kind of, and I had folded, I'm just gonna support <laughs> full time Sheffield FC. I'd like to think
2: Sheffield FC, what a team.
1: Did you know they're actually the world's first football club? <laughs> oh no! Way. they have never mentioned
0: it. Wow! To be, fair, to be fair, to be Sheffield FC would become like my close become like my closest team. So,
1: ah, because they're playing Johnfield.
0: Yeah, <laughs> from Yorkshire. we
1: say
0: new team. Yeah, because I I could find a team in Derbyshire easily.
1: Of Ujira, I think mean, so Kieran's
0: gonna be supporting for dynamite.
2: Already does. <laughs> Already is hey, first team, what are you on about? us go on to your quiz then, Kit.
0: Yes, so we've got a quiz to wrap things up today. So do you know your suffixes? I'm from Suffolk. <laughs> no, not Suffolk. <laughs> the suffixes. Do you know do you know what the suffixes? To question. Do you know what a suffix is? Yes or no? Isn't it it's an ending uh,
4: of a verb or something? It's the,
0: it's the, the ending end of, the word. of like a club. So your teams all have suffixes. My don't. Yes. Okay. 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 Getting out. So they're, they're, okay. they do have one that doesn't count because it's... So Crystal Palace doesn't count because it's the name of a place. But okay. pretty much everything everything else does. So there's 19. And you have to get all of them. You have five minutes to get all 19. So, basically four a minute. Okay. So, time starts now. United. You start with your town, United, United, and city. City. Town. County. Town. County. What? County. Wanderers. 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 Sorry? Rovers. Rovers. Athletic. Yeah. Athletic. Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm. Argyle. Argyle.
1: Is Redbridge
0: one? What?
1: Are Dagenham and Redbridge. Is, Is that, that these These are all
0: football league. No. Alright. Alright. Okay. Um... um.
1: Al- uh, Albion.
0: Albion. That's a good one. Yeah. Forest. Wanderers. Forest. we got Wanderers? You've already got Wanderers. So,
1: do you put down Forest?
0: Yeah, Forest is down. You've got ten. You've got nine to go. You've got four minutes left. Nine to go. Okay. Nine. nine.
2: Nine. entirety
0: in... of the Football League. Yeah. Town. There's one that you haven't got yet that I'm surprised you haven't got. Is it Town?
2: Yep. 50.
0: I thought we yeah, had Town.
1: I,
2: I thought we said I, I think we said it. You probably just didn't hear it. Um, uh, does does Hotspur count? Uh, let's have a look. Hotspur. Yep. Yeah. Seven more. Seven more. Ham.
0: Who? No, not Ham. Well, It'd be United. Them, <laughs> 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 pal. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to
2: think.
0: Uh, Villa. Villa. Um, yep. Of course. Oh. Six more, three minutes and fifteen to go. Uh
2: Vile Vile Vale, I don't know if that's the
0: place. Rangers. <laughs> um, no no not Port Vale, Rangers was it? Yeah. Um let me spell it right, yep. Five more. Oh. It's North End.
2: Oh shout. Out
0: the, yes, North End. Four more to go. One One more. Four. 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 Two, two and a half minutes. You've had half your time. They, they are tough ones, to be fair. Hmm. Oh, uh,
2: Stanley. Stanley, yeah. Um, yep. I'm
0: trying to think of the um, other three. Dons. Uh, yes, MK Dons. Two more. I can give you a clue for one of them. I couldn't give you a clue about the other one. I can't remember the other one. Did oh, we already have oh, counting? I guess oh, oh counting. um, Alexandra.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. That was the one that I could tell you about, yep. Yeah. Um, one, so we more. one more, a minute and 40 to go. Oh, oh, it's, it's an easy one, boys. Orient. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> so, yes. With a minute and 30 to go, you managed to get all 19. I did I did say that it would be a pretty hard one for them to get. Yeah. I did say that it'd be a pretty hard one to do, but they have managed to do it all 19 with a minute and a half to go. So that concludes the eighth episode of the big football debate. And thank you to you know our panel here today. I've been Kurt, I've been Luke, I've been Kieran.
3: Joel.
1: I've also
4: been like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you Luke Pro, for coming on and being a guest for us today. We will update you throughout the week about uh, the 10 predictions in the Premier League games to see who comes out on top. Um, but thank you for being with us. Um, this has been Big Football Debate and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.